Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome. You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Good evening, family of the living God. This is uh, Blog Talk Radio, The Portal, with Dorothy Carruthers. Uh, You're joined with Dorothy and myself, David Murray. Dorothy, how are we doing this evening? We we are hoping to see the sun someday soon. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> At least we're not in Seattle. If any listeners from Seattle, you have my condolences. Just kidding. Uh, but seriously, I am grateful that I'm not in Seattle. Uh, okay, guys, so what we're going to be talking about, Dorothy, you and I have talked about a little of this uh, a lot going into the Deeper Communion series. Um. Deeper Communion Series, and this is part five, Understanding and Cooperating with Conditional Prophecy. Uh, guys, when, a lot of times when I get in, in prayer and in my quiet time, and I'll ask the Lord, what does um, the body of Christ that I have, um, I'm blessed and honored to serve through teaching, through exhortation, through, um, through sharing the word, what they need. Um, this is one of the things that... Um, that the Lord showed me for this season that we're entering into. And one of the things that he shared with me is that there are those in the body of Christ that are hungry for intimacy and they don't know how to get it. They don't know where to start. Uh, they don't trust the source. They don't uh, have been taught how to walk through the scriptures and to see my heart and my nature. And so that's what led me to begin this series. Uh, I had mentioned several months back about seven, eight months ago that um, in the close of 2017, that 2018 into 19 was going to be uh, a year, a season of healing. That the body of Christ is meant to come into a time of healing, to enter into greater intimacy. A lot of things have come and gone uh, in the past uh, that have caused fear, doubt, condemnation. And um, for those of you that, that tune into some of the updates I get, I don't like to call them prophetic updates because the word prophecy, and, and uh, it, it's just become um, a mess and we really need to heal before we can really get into a lot of the meat of the word. And some of the things we need to heal, heal from is fear and woundings, and we need to understand our identity. The more that we understand that we are fully pleasing to God, according to Colossians 1.21, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, um, 
as we start to dig into the new covenant, what it means, what happens is we start to understand who we are. Romans 3.22, Ephesians 1.4, Hebrews 10.10, all that the new covenant tells us that Christ has gifted us with his righteousness. So if for the theme that that those of you that tune into, that the remnant of the church tunes into, that listens to this diligently, that's getting fed, and the wonderful feedback that I get of how it's changing lives in the body of Christ is embracing who we are that, that Christ gave us. He gave us a new identity. We cannot earn it. We can never earn it. That's the law. The law told told us it was a schoolmaster to teach us. The law was added because of transgressions. The Jews began to think they could earn their righteousness. The law was never intended. The Mosaic law was one of the lowest covenants that was passed on uh, because the law removed relationship from God and his created beings and replaced it with law. And if you look prior to the law, you had men and women of God that lived in intimacy and covenant without the law because they understood that God was their righteousness, that they couldn't earn it. Uh, That's why it says that Abraham was a friend of God and he trusted God and it was faith in God and who God was that credited that faith to righteousness toward Abraham. That when God saw Abraham, he saw a righteous man, not by what Abraham did, but because in his belief and trust in his creator. The Mosaic law, the scriptures say, was added because man began to forget that. And Jesus finished the work. Prophecy said that righteousness would be imparted to us. The kingdom of God would enter into us. We would be given a new heart and a new mind. And this season is about understanding that, answering the call. For some of us, it's a return to what was begun. We came to Christ in tears and in grace, knowing we can't earn it. And somewhere along our way, the body of Christ in this generation has forgotten that. And we began to think we need to earn God's love and his approval so that we can escape this judgment to come. And uh, that is a corrupted form of the kingdom. The scriptures talk about how correction and discipline is done in love, and it's meant to bring and release greater intimacy. And so what we're going to talk about here is how, what is prophecy and how that, uh, how, how that fits into all this. See, guys, intimacy requires maturity. We're going to talk three things. Hey, what is prophecy? What are the two kinds of prophecy? Many of us don't even realize there's two different kinds of prophecy. We haven't been taught on prophecy. Uh, And how to partner with Father God in it. Because it's meant to bring us into greater intimacy. What is intimacy? Intimacy is hearing his voice more clearly. Intimacy is understanding what's on his heart. Intimacy is knowing and feeling the reality of his love. Above all things. It's being one in Christ, one in the Father's embrace. These are forms of intimacy, and through intimacy is the way he wants to express his love to those around him through you. That's intimacy. So we're going to talk about what prophecy is, the two different kinds of prophecy, which are conditional and unconditional. There's two kinds of words. Uh, Two kinds of prophetic words that are given, conditional prophecy and unconditional prophecy. 
uh, as we understand the difference between the two, it'll clear away a lot of the nonsense that, that we hear going on and, and that people, well-intended people hear, but don't have the discernment to understanding the timing of the Lord. If we, at least the body of Christ understands the timing of God, if we don't know the timing, but we at least understand whether something is a conditional word or an unconditional word, it will also give us great insight into what's going on. So that no matter who the, who the deliverer is of the message, no matter how immature the deliverer is of the message, because we do not need to be mature to deliver message from the Lord. Right? Maturity is not a prerequisite. Scriptures make that very clear. God will use a donkey, uh, and he'll use any one of us. Corinthians, Paul says they moved in great gifts, more than any of the gifts. The giftings were mentioned in the, to the church at Corinth more than any other book, and yet they were the most immature and carnal. So a prophetic word is not, um, it does not require that one have intimacy or even understand the Lord's heart, which is what makes the word when God shares it that much more confusing and difficult if we don't understand that. So we're going to talk about the different types of prophecy, conditional and unconditional, so that we, the body of Christ, can mature, so that we can become um, people who are able to rightly divide the word of God. And when, uh, when something is spoken, we judge the word based upon the nature and the scriptures. And in part three, how to partner with God. So first off, what is prophecy? Let's clarify the language, God, guys. If you believe that God speaks to your spirit, you believe in prophecy. End of story. Prophecy is simply the heart, mind, and the will of Father God revealed to his children. That's all prophecy is, guys. That's all the word means. It's the heart, mind, will, and intention of Father God shared with his children. Guys, it's our birthright. There's nothing special about receiving a prophetic word or giving a prophetic word. It's normal Christianity. It's normal kingdom living. It's part of having a living, breathing relationship with our Lord, our Counselor, the King of Kings, and our Heavenly Father. So, we're going to establish some, uh, some baselines here. Guys, remember we are spirit beings. We interact with our Father's kingdom through cooperation with him. We cannot interact in his, king, in his kingdom in any area. We're not cooperating with his nature, and we're in violation of his kingdom law, which is love. The kingdom of heaven and his nature is ruled and governed by love. Discipline is a form of love. Mercy is a form of love. Correction is a form of love. Grace is a form of love. Okay, everything he gives or does not give is an expression of his best intention for that child. That is love. Guys, until we begin to embrace that and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to heal us from the pains and the scars and the festering wounds that we walk around with, we're never going to enter into maturity and we'll never have experienced the peace of Christ that is in our spirit, man, that is meant to come out and pervade our soul. Romans 12.2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our spirits have already been born again. Our minds have not. That is a process. It's a decision. And the body of Christ in this generation is at a crossroads. In this season, we're at a crossroads. For those that want deeper communion and are willing to suck it up, 
roll up their sleeves and say, Lord, I'm going to begin to make a dividing line between your love for me and Satan's hatred for me. I'm going to begin to accept and receive your love for me and the gift of righteousness. And that love is going to compel me toward holy living. Or I'm going to continue to believe Satan's lies about me being a wretched, horrible, miserable creature. And I'm going to let fear and condemnation attempt to motivate me into holy living. Guys, here's the thing to remember. Holiness, the Greek word holiness, means to be in the same nature of God. If you are saying something about yourself or believing something about yourself that God has not said about you, you can never enter into his nature, his holiness. The kingdom will remain locked up in your spirit, man. It will never change your heart, your thinking, your beliefs, your emotions, and your actions. Prophecy is the heart, mind, and will of Father God revealed to his children. <clears throat> there are two kinds of prophecy, guys. There is what's called unconditional prophecy, and there's conditional prophecy. Unconditional prophecy means it requires no personal responsibility between our relationship with the Lord and what he's going to do. Okay, a couple of examples of unconditional prophecy is the return of Jesus. He's coming back, period, the end. He is coming back. There's nothing, anyone or anything under heaven and earth that can do to change that. That is an unconditional prophetic word. It is sealed up forever unchanging. The millennial reign is another unconditional prophetic impartation. God shared what's going to happen. It will not be changed. The millennial reign will take place. A third one is the covenant with Abram in Genesis 15.1. What God promised to do through Abraham, that Jesus would come through Abram's seed, and that through Abraham the entire earth will be blessed is an unconditional word from the Lord. Okay. Conditional prophecy is something completely different. It is the heart, mind, will, and intention of what Father wants to do that requires our partnership and involvement. Examples of this are the prophecies given to Jonah in the book of Jonah, the death of Hezekiah, 2 Kings 20, verse 1, and the declaration that Samson would be a Nazarite all the days of his life, Judges 13, 7. Jonah, who was a true prophet, who said by the Lord, 30 days and Nineveh will be overturned. Nowhere in that prophetic word was there the word if. Guys, please hear me. Jonah did not prophesy by the Lord. 30 days and Nineveh will be overturned, destroyed, if you don't repent. Unless you change. Conditional prophetic word. The death of Hezekiah, 2 Kings 21, the Lord said to the prophet, go tell Hezekiah to put his house in order, he's going to die. There was no if or unless in that word. And yet Hezekiah prayed, and in his friendship and relationship and intimacy with the Lord, not his holiness, his friendship with God, 
he appealed to the Lord, and the Lord says, okay, I'm not going to do this. Okay, I'm not going to put this calamity on you. There was a couple of conditional prophets that happened with Hezekiah. It was wonderful. Judges 13.7 declared that Samson would be a Nazarite all the days of his life. That was a declaration. Yet Samson broke the Nazarite vow and covenant. But the Lord didn't say that. He said he will be a Nazarite all the days of his life. So those guys are examples of conditional prophecies. There was a requirement. There was something that needed to take place on our behalf. There was an agreement that needed to happen with between man. There was an exchange between man and God that changed what was declared. He may do this, guys, under the new covenant. He may give us, he may share his heart with us through a dream, a vision, insight into the word, the written word. Uh, spiritual intuition. Remember, the Holy Spirit lives inside of our spirit, man, where we get intuition. Or this shared through another member in the body of Christ. I've often said why fellowship of any sort is so important. Fellowship is a blessing. It's not a rule. It says one will put a thousand to flight, two may put ten thousand to flight. There is exponential release of kingdom blessings when we gather together to exalt Christ in our midst. And one of the things that takes place is we get to allow the Holy Spirit to move through us, to minister to others, and to be ministered to. It's a blessing. It's not a, it's not a law. Guys, both parties play a relationship with one another, the Lord and man, child and father, Lord Jesus, and co-heir to the throne. That's conditional prophecy. Guys, whenever, this is a, a point that I want to make, when Father shares his heart, it is an invitation to go deeper. It is an invitation to know him in a way that you don't yet know him as well as he wants you to. If we do not understand that, guys, we will miss the main thrust behind prophecy. If we think that prophecy is because he is a wrathful, ang- angry God, and if a, a, something doesn't take place, I mean, guys, think about how many times in the body of Christ what we tune into, anything that we share, whether we call it prophecy or not, doesn't matter. Because remember, the word prophecy means the heart, mind, and will of God revealed. So it does not matter if someone says, I'm not calling this prophecy. Yes, you are. If you are saying something that's going to take place because God revealed this to you, either one, he did or he didn't. Either he did or he didn't. And if he did and you're sharing it, it is insight into his heart, mind, will, and intention. That is prophecy. So it does not matter if someone says it is or not. We need to hold each other in love accountable for the words that we're sharing and speaking over one another. A lot of death being spoken over the body of Christ and over the nations. But the scriptures say, that I have come to give life. Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. Where is the abundance expressed through the church that Jesus came to give to the world? Something to think about. Guys, when Father is sharing his heart, it's become a very popular pastime to share 
what we believe was on God's heart, become very popular. It's all the same theme. We don't hear about how he wants to develop intimacy. We don't want to hear about how he's pleased with us or loves us. We don't want to hear about or share about what God wants to do in us to increase the level of intimacy. Jesus said, I and the Father are one, just as you and I are one. Right? In Revelation, I talk about certain parts of Revelation. However, Revelation also says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever comes in, I will have intimate dining with him and he with me. Where is the intimate invitation that is being shared? The elders in the body in this generation, where is the call to intimacy? Jesus said in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. That, it, that knocking has never ceased for 2,000 years. It has never stopped. He knocks on every generation longing for intimacy. But we're not sharing those insights from the Lord. Because for many of us, it's not popular, and we don't understand his heart in that area. He can only speak to us in areas where we're willing to hear it. The second part, guys, when Father gives an invitation and we share the God side, what's on his heart, if we are not sharing what's required on our end, our personal responsibility, how we partner with what he wants to do, which is the man side. Every prophetic word, guys, every conditional prophecy has a God side and a man side. The God side is his heart and intention revealed. The man side is how we cooperate with it. That's vital if we're going to understand and get through this season in our lives and the difference between living in peace and joy and victory or continuing to live in fear and condemnation and a, and a fearful expectation of judgment to decide what we want to be in. And here's the thing, guys. It's not my job to convince anyone. As a fellow brother in the Lord, my job is only to offer an invitation on behalf of the Lord. My job is just to extend his heart and his mind and his will toward you and then to share how we partner it with it. Guys, the kingdom of God is a government of intimacy with our creator. We've become too afraid of discussing anything that requires personal responsibility. And guys, let me address this right now because this is a lot of the audience that, that I, I minister to. If we say judgment's coming, we need to repent. And we, don't, we are not being told what we need to change from or what to do once we've turned from that action. It's an immature word. Because if we don't understand what we're turning toward, if we're spending more time talking about the anger of God, our belief in anger of God, although the Bible says all wrath has been satisfied in Christ, wrath is on sin. Jesus bore all the sin. Judgment is meant to release us from the bondage of death so that we can enjoy greater intimacy. If we're not sharing with one another, when we share prophecy, if we are not sharing what is our responsibility and how that response will bring us into greater intimacy, we're doing a disservice to one another. And it causes fear and condemnation and anxiety, and it doesn't bring life. It causes the body of Christ great damage. You can know a, fruit, a tree by its fruit. 
Guys, if, if the fruit that's being produced in us is fear and condemnation, we need to look at what our belief system is and what's that being traced back to in the Word of God. And for many of us, it's because we don't understand the new covenant. We don't understand the new covenant because we don't understand truly who Father God is or his nature. We truly don't. We're not being fed on it. We're not feasting on the goodness. The scriptures say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Where is his goodness expressed in our lives? Where are we tasting of his unconditional love? So, because the vast majority of the time when Father God is sharing with us his heart, when he releases prophecy to the body of Christ, it is an invitation and it is conditional. Right, we've talked about a lot of things in the last three years that I've been on the air. The seasons, the timing of what God has done. We've seen a lot of things come and go. The Lord is doing for those that are hungry, for those that will accept it. He is fulfilling Colossians 1.12. Colossians 1.12 said, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Guys, you have been qualified through the shed blood of Jesus. You cannot make yourself more qualified. The righteousness of Christ, which was given to you the moment you accepted, he paid for your sins, qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people. Please read that verse to yourselves. Meditate on it, guys. It's the new covenant. Everything pointed to the cross, and the cross points to the Father's heart. Colossians 1.12. Here's another one, guys. 2 Peter 1.4. The context we're talking about here is, well, let's just read it. 2 Peter 1.4. Peter speaking to the body of Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Guys, it is agreeing with him of who he said you are that allows us to partake in what has been freely given to us. Guys, when Father shares something that's on his heart, there's a God side and there's a man side. It's called conditional prophecy. When God shares something, we need to ask, Lord, what's on your heart? What adjustments do I need to make? Guys, it will not start with your actions. It will start with your heart. He is not looking to perfect a spirit of Pharisee in this generation. He tore that spirit down 2,000 years ago. The Pharisees were interested in outward appearance. The body of Christ in this generation, by and large, is interested in outward appearances. He's trying to get at your hearts that are filled with fear and uncertainty. He loves you. He died to set us free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. He wants you to know how much he loves you. He wants you to embrace what it means to be a child of God. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Guys, the slavery is trying to earn God's love. It's trying to earn righteousness and favor in his eyes. Guys, the immediate context in Galatians 5.1, if we read the book of Galatians, is Jesus, the reference that Paul is giving, that Jesus has introduced the law of love. The fuller application is that anything that prevents us from renewing our minds and changing our thinking, from walking, by walking in the freedom of love results in slavery. That's what he wants to do. He wants to set us free from the things that cause bondage in our thinking because it's our thinking that controls our actions. It's our thinking that controls our emotions. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. Proverbs 23. We'll end with this, guys. 2 Peter 1.19. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. Guys, what was the prophetic message that Peter received? That Jesus has granted us righteousness. The good news that Jesus preached while he was on the earth, guys, was that the kingdom has once again overturned what Satan robbed. Adam and Eve walked in the kingdom. Satan robbed it. The gospel, the good news, is that through Jesus coming and redeeming man, the kingdom once again gets to reign and rule over Satan. We have been given dominion and authority over Satan. We get to bring the kingdom and walk in the kingdom. That is the gospel. That is the good news. It is accomplished through receiving the gift of righteousness. That's what Jesus completed on the cross. That is the prophetic message Peter is talking about. You will do it well to pay attention to this prophetic message, he says, continuing on. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That word heart, guys, is soul. See, the kingdom, the day, the dawn, the day star, the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom is already in your spirit. doesn't matter if you ever believe it or receive it or not. It's in there. If it's not in there, you don't have salvation. The only way you don't have salvation is if you didn't receive his gift of righteousness on the cross. If you did, the scriptures say the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, guaranteeing your inheritance. So the day star is already inside of you. But it needs to shine like the sunrise, getting brighter and brighter as we renew our thinking into our mind, will, and emotions. Into our thinking, our belief system. So guys, whenever we talk about what's on Father's heart, there's going to be a man side and a God side. So if you don't hear something, if, excuse me, if you hear something and you're not hearing what's given to you, is what's, what is the man side? Then God's saying repent is not the man side. That's superficial. That's shallow. Repent of what? Repent of actions. Repent of cigarette smoking or drinking. Repent of eating too much McDonald's and having high cholesterol. Repent of selfish living. What does that mean? 
Guys, that's outward Pharisee living. Where we repent is in our thinking. Wherever the scriptures say we are redeemed and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that we're the righteous of God, that we're loved and blessed and accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1.4, we have been accepted in the beloved without blame before him. Guys, where repentance needs to take place is in our thinking. And there's no wrath in this, guys. Jesus took all the wrath. That's why what Jesus did on the cross, we never have any idea the spiritual agony he took on himself. The whipping and the scourging, Paul went through that. Tradition has it that Peter was hung and whipped and, and crucified upside down. The cross was not the worst thing that took place to Jesus. The Romans had that art perfected, and they, they practiced it on countless, countless people. The rebellion of Spartacus, they crucified thousands of Christians, uh, excuse me, thousands of rebellious gladiators. Jesus wasn't unique in, in his torture, and it wasn't because he was whipped and flayed alive. The Romans did that all the time. The agony of the cross was the spiritual and emotional and the, the weight of sin that was placed upon him for you and I. And we have to stop tossing that aside and calling ourselves something other than what he made you because of what he did. Stop thinking we can earn his love. Stop thinking that what we do outside makes us a, a born-again Pharisee and that that's pleasing to him. It doesn't, guys. He already loves you fully. You might as well just accept it because the scriptures say it's so. It's true whether we believe it or not. So we might as well just believe it. So what do we do, guys? What's the application? Right? I've shared with you what's on Father's heart in that season. What is the application? Let me sum it up. What's our, I've shared with you what God wants to do in this season and has been doing for those that are responding. I'm getting feedback all throughout the world. All throughout people that, 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 that tuning in and blog talk and on my, um, my website. Amazing. I'm blessed and honored at what God is doing in the lives of people that are digging into his word. They are beginning to see dreams and visions of his love and goodness. The revelation of how much he loves them is beginning to transform them into his image. People are saying, you know what, David, I never believed it. You know, I always thought I have to be concerned or focused on not sinning. That if I, if, if I accepted how much he loved me, then well, why would I stop sinning? And, I, and they, they, the feedback I'm getting, David, I'm beginning to realize the word of God is true. That as I get a revelation of his goodness, Romans chapter 2, it leads me to repentance. The more that I see and feel and perceive his love for me, the more I don't want to sin. The more I want to feel more of the presence of his glory. The more I want to feel the spirit of love and, and Christ moving inside of me. I, I'm not as afraid of what people think of me. I'm not as concerned. I'm understanding that the things to come, praise God, are all passing away, and he loves me, and he'll always be faithful and protect me. Guys, it is the goodness of God that's transforming the church, not the fear of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. There's no condemnation for the child of God. There's only condemnation and fear if we have not yet accepted his gift because then we're hell-bound. It's the word of God, guys, and it's transforming the church in this hour. Grab a hold of it. What we need to do is accept what he says. Start meditating on the new covenant. 
start meditating on what his word says. Uh, I have on my website, scripture after scripture after scripture under topical studies. It's not me. It's the word of God. Begin to confess that. Guess what's going to happen? We talk about spiritual warfare. Guess who's going to be there right there? The Satan, Satan, the accuser. He's going to try to throw everything at you to try to get you to continue to believe his lies because he does not want a son and daughter of God to know their identity in Christ. Because Satan's job is twofold. One, to keep us deceived so that we go to hell. And two, if he can't stop us from receiving salvation, his goal is to make our lives miserable here. And he can only do that where we agree with his lies. That's it. This idea I'm gauged in sports, spiritual warfare, guys, there's a lot of bunk. And I have seen my share of demons more than many, many, many in the body of Christ. A lot of personal encounters. And here is what I've learned through the word of God and through application as I was led by the spirit of God. He only has what I give him. And as I begin to understand who I am as a child of God, when he comes at me, it's a slaughter. The enemy will come at me. Scriptures say that. The scriptures say when the enemy comes like a flood, the the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And that all authority has been given to me, Jesus said. So in my name, cast out the demons, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and preach this good news to others. And so when when the enemy comes at me, I gauge him, I just put him in my crosshairs, I pull the trigger. It's a slaughter. Take out my sword of the spirit and I cut them down. And that's what every authority that every one of you have. But we can't walk in it if we don't know our identity in Christ. That we are fully pleasing. So this prophetic word tonight, guys, as I've taught on it, it is an invitation that Father has been doing Specifically into 18, it's extending into 2019, where he wants to raise up great intimacy and warriors in the body of Christ for these end times that will walk in peace, in victory, in signs and wonders and miracles. Our part is we must change our thinking. If we do not change our thinking, James chapter One and two tells us that a double-minded man should not expect to receive anything from God. Not me. That's the word of God, guys. And that is the conditional prophecy for this season, for this generation of believers of the remnant. To sum up, Father is calling us to intimacy. That is what I am encouraging the body of Christ to embrace. And how we do it. The God side, man side of this conditional prophetic word that he has is for us to begin to apply the word of God into our own belief system and let the Holy Spirit begin to heal us of the lies and the wounds that we have received through others that were reflecting lies into our life instead of God's love and truth about us. So praise God as always. I'd love to hear feedback. Um, I love, please continue with the testimonies. I am overwhelmed at the testimonies I am getting from people that have lived their entire lives as Christians in fear that are beginning to break out of that. Praise God. Don't give up. Stay steadfast. Satan's got nothing on you but what you give him. So praise God. Keep going. We'll talk more in the next couple of months to come and to 
more things to look forward to, what he's doing, um, how to cooperate with him, and we'll start getting into more of the, the meat and, and the milk of the word. So, Dorothy, anything to add before we sign off? I just have one thing to say. I think a lot of people get hung up on that scripture that talks about the end times and says, you know, do it, make sure you want to make sure you're worthy to escape all these things. Do you uh, know which one I'm you talking have a about? Specific verse in mind, Dorothy, because I love uh, slaying sacred cows, as uh, as Curry Blake would say. Um, do you have a scripture verse in mind that we can correct the, the false doctrine and the misapplication of that? Even if we don't, it's we in my mind, but I can't. I can't tell you exactly where it is. It's when they're talking about all the terrible things of the end times. I think it's referring to the tribulation. Mm. And it says um, uh, you want to be make sure you're worthy to escape all these things, which is what the preterm rapture people really glom onto as well. Yeah, well, if anyone has that, I'd like to share on that. Again, everything, guys, is taken in context. We we love to quote Revelation, um, one of the most cryptic books written, but we don't like to quote the plain things that Jesus told you. That told me, that told us. Um, I'll tell you something that's plain is 2 Corinthians 5.21. He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we're made the righteousness of God. Ephesians 1.4 says, according to, as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1.4. We are blameless and holy before him. Um, guys, we, I can go on and on. First uh, Corinthians 6, 11, Ephesians 5, 25, Hebrews 10, 10. All these verses, all the new covenant, guys, says we've been made worthy by what Christ did for us. So we have to be very careful when, when we are reading something that it's being taken in context and it harmonizes with what the cross accomplished. We never interpret the obvious in light of the obscure. We interpret the obscure passages in light of the obvious doctrine. The doctrine of righteousness is how everything must be filtered through, and that must be filtered through the earth ministry of Jesus Christ, which shows us the unseen Father. And Jesus' ministry was a ministry of reconciliation, goodness, and love. So... um. Maybe uh, next week, Dorothy, when we meet next, uh, we can see if we can't dig into that or someone else can reach out or share that with me, and and we can kind of do that. Um, I would love to start a series of continuing to break down some of these scriptures that have created false doctrines and have been taken out of context. Hey, guys, just one last thing. Man, I'm at 45 minutes. I really want to get off the air now, Um, and I'll probably repeat this just in case someone didn't hear this whole thing. Guys, when it says... You know, Lord, did we not cast out demons and do all sorts of miracles in your name? And Jesus says, uh, depart from me. I never knew you. Guys, stop agreeing with Satan with that. Key in on the obvious. What is the obvious word in that sentence? Jesus said, I never knew you. Never knew you. Which means that person never accepted Christ as their redeemer. I never knew you. Right, guys, if we stop and think about that, so obvious. It means there will be people that will present themselves before the great white throne 
and said, hey, I performed these signs, but Jesus says, you've never received me as the redemption, as the forgiveness for your sins. That's it. you never done it. So if you guys have accepted Christ as your Savior and desire for him to become your Lord, if you've received the Holy Spirit inside you, which the scriptures say happen when you accept Christ as Savior, Jesus can never say, I never knew you. So please stop quoting that verse and stop letting other people club you with that verse taken out of context. That verse is talking about people that never were born again that were using deceiving spirits to try to appear godly to win fame and fortune and prestige and money for themselves. And the scriptures give examples of that. Balaam was an example of that. And the, the uh, girl who was used by sorcery in Acts, who said, look, these, these men proclaim the, the, the true way to the Lord, the way of salvation. The woman was declaring a truth. But the purpose of declaring that truth was to have people come to her to receive revelation and insight, and through that they would be deceived and would be led astray. And there will be people that always do that. We see that today. It doesn't apply to you guys if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. So stop allowing people to beat you up with that verse. I say that the intensity of my voice, guys, is with jealous protection for you guys. The season is upon the body of Christ to cast off the grave clothes and cut out the nonsense and the lies that you have been placed under that bondage. So my wife sometimes tells me, David, you speak with such fervor and passion, you sound angry. I'm angry at sin, guys. I'm not angry at the body of Christ. I'm furious at the bondage the body of Christ is in. So, Bear with me, guys. When you hear me get like that, it's love. Uh, okay, so Dorothy, we're going to call it quits for tonight. It's passing 45 minutes. You guys, God bless. Have a wonderful evening. Dorothy, I will catch up with you off the air. Body of Christ, I love you. Shalom. I bless you with all spiritual blessings that are already yours in Christ. I affirm them over your life. Have a great weekend. For those of you listening afterwards, have a great day. Have a great night. Know you're loved. It's his revelation of his love for you that will change you into his image. God bless, body of Christ. Good night. Good night, Dorothy. Good night. Others, we were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurray.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly Dad loves you deeply.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.